Hi everyone and welcome to the Digitize Diaries, your one-stop conversational platform for frank and open communication around the digitization process. Each episode we deep dive into examples, experience and learnings from experts in the field as well as expanding on our own journey so far. A safe environment to discuss the future of commerce and the role technology will play in it for your business. Now let's jump right in to the conversation. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Welcome along to episode nine of the Digitize Diaries. Fantastic to be back for another episode today. And if you're picking this podcast up on the replay, we want to say a big hello to you. We are broadcasting live today on LinkedIn, as we do for a lot of our episodes. And as always, if you're listening into the live podcast today and you've got something that you would like to contribute to the conversation, please do raise your hand. We would be delighted to have you on board part of the conversation today. And we're talking, as always, all things digital transformation. That is what we're talking about on this podcast. We've got a keen interest in digital transformation. We're involved in some digital transformation ourselves. And we're going to talk a little bit later on in the episode about CoBabble. Joining me on this and each and every episode of the podcast is my co-host, Barry Cummins. Barry. How are you? I am very well, Wayne. Thank you very much, as always. Yeah, looking forward to this chat. Joining you from from very sunny, hot Dubai. Our summer has arrived. It's now 40 degrees outside. But looking forward to having a chat about all things digitization, automation, and in this episode, some some positive uses. We, we've gone backwards and forwards, but some, some really interesting uses of, of artificial intelligence and technology to enhance the human experience, I suppose, is the best way of saying it. Yeah, and I think a lot of people who are listening into the podcast this morning, Barry, and are picking it up on the replay are going to be very interesting or interested, should I say, about our topic today on the podcast. But I want to say hello to Hannah joining us this morning. Hello, Hannah. And hello, as always, to my good friend, Peter Doak, joining in this morning. Don't forget, guys, if you do have anything you want to chirp into the conversation this morning, simply just raise your hand. And as Peter knows, we'd be delighted to invite you up to get into the conversation. But Barry, we're going to kick off and we're going to talk about our topic this morning, which is, and I I should have keyed up a drum roll for this because I thought (laughs) that would be very important because it's absolutely one of my pet hates. And it's a huge problem here in the UK and Ireland. And it's interesting to hear that you're going to talk about a potential solution to potholes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, one of those subjects that perhaps isn't forefront of everybody's mind, but it certainly comes to the front of your mind when you drive through one, right? Absolutely. And there's nothing worse whenever you're driving down the road. It's a nice day. You've got some music on and you hit that pothole. And in some cases, I I don't know what it's like in the UAE because I haven't been over in a couple of years. But I know here, if you hit a pothole, you could near end up in the pothole with your car (laughs) because they, they don't fix them for weeks on end. And it causes damage to your vehicle, all sorts of stress. And you're trying to remember where the actual potholes are. And you forget because there's not many of them on the road. But Barry... Can AI really help with potholes? 
Well, it would appear so because, yes, we don't... Well, actually, that's not true. We do have potholes that size in some cases over here in the UAE, but not not that big that we can get lost in them. Not yet anyway. But we do have a, a very harsh environment over here, but we also have massive development and there's, there's roads going all over the place. And something that was announced just last week, I think, actually over here, is the, the RTA, which is the Roads and Transport Authority, are using artificial intelligence and laser technology to scan our roads. So what they've done is they've hooked up this pretty incredible looking rig actually on on the top and the back of a 4x4 vehicle and they're driving around the UAE and on this rig are a number of cameras and what they're doing is they're scanning the road using laser technology those images are then being fed back into a server and then AI is able to identify cracks in the road as small as one millimeter and then effectively look at the surrounding area of that crack and identify the probability of that getting worse and worse and worse and turning into a pothole. And so rather than having to fill in a giant hole that you can lose a car in, the the repairs are going to be much, much smaller and they are going to go through the entire road network. The the rigs are are geared to do one lane at a time and we've got roads running through the the centre of Dubai that are eight lanes wide on each side. So they've they've come up and they've realised that actually it's going to take them quite a while to do this but this is how they are going to be moving forward in terms of being able to predict using AI and the technology where potholes are most likely to occur and stop them before they occur. I know Peter Doak is absolutely loving this conversation because he's like me he loves all things AI and technology and I was reading about this morning about this particular technology Barry and in this particular topic and I gather it's been used as well in other parts of the world. I think in the city of Oregon, they've Mm -hmm. got a a project or a program called the City Rover. And again, just as you've said, the City Rover is using artificial intelligence to detect potholes in your city. Now, I think every town and city should be using this technology because it's a real problem and it causes a lot of damages damage to vehicles, but it also is quite costly then for the the roads authority if they don't pick it up quickly enough and get a, a team out to fix it. It can be very costly. So the, the ability to detect these potholes or at least give people the ability to report them would be a fantastic addition, I suspect, to public sector, to local governments and might even be a cost saving. Absolutely. I think that that's one of the most important things to draw out of this. And when we've had our previous conversations about the whole digitization process and and leveraging technology to save money at the end of the day from a business end, this is exactly that, is that by being able to identify this, the save money from a government perspective in terms of the, the costly repairs. But then it also spills over into the insurance industry as well, because like you say, sometimes you're going at a speed where hitting some of these things damages wheels, it bends alloys, it punctures tires. It can, in some extreme cases, you know, people are sort of ripping the the suspension off a certain side of their car because they're going A, too fast, but they were not expecting this giant hole to be in the road. And so then an insurance claim goes in. And so th- there are many different angles that this is helping to to save money at the end of the day, which is is one of the 
usually one of the main drivers for AI or automation or digitization within an, organi an organization is to find out, well, how can we get better with what we're doing? And at the end of the day, the end result and the output of getting better at doing that is we save time and therefore we save money. So there's, there's multiple touch points for, for that. And I agree with you that everywhere should be utilizing this and, and as soon as possible, because one of the things that I, I noted about this is that we here in, the, in, in Dubai, the way that they have to, to scan these at the moment is one lane at a time. And we're effectively got 18,765 lanes in, in the UAE and, and hundreds of thousands of kilometers of those. So it's going to take two years to do an entire scan. So every two years, this is going to, it's going to take to get the whole entire network done. But an interesting byproduct of that is that we, we now also have, aside from Google Maps, we have a, a, a virtual map of Dubai's roads that's pretty much 97% accurate in, in live time. So there's, there's added benefits to, to this. And I think the cost saving one across market sectors is a really big one that is a huge positive of, of this kind of technology. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. And it really bothers me here, the public sector, local council, roads authority, I can't remember what they're called, Department of Infrastructure, that's what they're called here. Um, what they do, at least for the most part, is they half job it, where they send somebody out and they fill it with per quality, I don't know what the substance is they put into it, tarmac. Bitumen, tarmac. probably. Yeah, yeah. but they, yeah. whatever they do, they, they blast stuff into it. And then, you know, it, it's fine for a couple of days, maybe even a couple of weeks. And then when the cold weather creaks in and things start to crack and, you know, more vehicles are going over it, before you know it, you're right back to where you were before with the massive pothole that you could disappear into. And as I was looking at this more and more this morning, I was looking at what New Zealand are doing, actually. And I think it's probably similar to what you're talking about a couple of moments ago, they're, they're building a model almost of these roads. So what, what that model will do over time is it'll be able to advise the local council if they're better off repairing the damage, i.e. half jobbing it like they do here, or resurfacing the whole road. And I think that's really interesting. You know, so that model over time is going to be able to say to you, look, to be honest, you're probably better closing the road, completely resurfacing it rather than patching it up and then having to come back and patch it up several times and several times. Yeah. So it's interesting to see over time, the technology is probably going to get better, probably going to be able to make better predictions. And the cost saving element of that, particularly in the cost of living crisis, like, you know, here in the UK and Ireland, you know, public finances are really, really struggling, at least in Northern Ireland, for sure. So any way that, you know, departments can save money, different, you know, government agencies can save money, using the technology from, from this perspective is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, and like you say, as it gets better and better, the savings get bigger and bigger and the decision making becomes more efficient across the board. But it's just a case of as with, with everything that we talk about on the digitized diaries, it comes down to this idea of adoption because we can we can whack lyrical about these positive uses of the technology. But at the end of the day, it takes people, government, business owners to take action implement them, test it, because it's not foolproof either. And this is the other thing. I think some people look at AI and technology, well, it's a piece of technology. It should be perfect out of the box. But that's not always the case. And that the sooner that we start utilizing this, the sooner that we can identify some of the flaws and the sooner that we can correct those flaws so that we do get as close to 100% accuracy. And even, you know, I know statistics, statistics and, and lies are all thrown into the same box, but we, we have certain KPIs in, in government that are measured around quality. And this is impacting that as well, because it's, it's, it's 
and not something I'm familiar with, but I was reading about it as well. This quali- quali- pavement quality index is a is a you know a measurement that exists, and in Dubai this technology and this ability to, to, to monitor what's going on contributed to improving the pavement quality index over here to 95%. What that means, I don't know, but you know, anything at 95%, you think, well, that's that sounds pretty good. And as we said already, what it's doing is it's helping to predict the future maintenance plans for the, the, the infrastructure network on the ground over here in light of, and this is also something very important, the, the parameters that we have to take into consideration because the, the weather is slightly different over here to the UK and Ireland as it is to Canada and and all of those kind of data variables are plugged into the technology to take into account and then it spits out and says you know what here are the problem areas that get these sorted and, and, and let's get them sorted properly like you say don't just put a plaster over it so that it's okay for a couple of months let's actually sort this out because if we don't the cost of fixing the bodge job is going to be four times more than if we just do it properly the first time. Totally. And I started to think about this as well a little bit more this morning in relation to new technology that's going into vehicles. You know, we're seeing a lot of developments now with, you know, obviously electric vehicles, but the technology being integrated into the vehicle so that you take you take a step or a process almost out from having to send physical government individuals out mm. to to scan and report these or whatever and what they're doing in New Zealand at least is the new system that they're implementing is actually going to be using specialized GoPro cameras which mm. have bumper mounts which go on to customers cars so the right. customer as he's driving around or she's driving around with these specialized bumper GoPro cameras are actually feeding that information back into a centralized system which I think is another game changer because that makes it even more cost effective from a government perspective where you don't actually have to send a team of people out. The customer feeds the data back in real time based on potholes that they encounter while they're out and about driving. And I thought that's a really interesting approach too. Definitely. And and then I can see the next evolution, which is then into the AR and VR side of things. But also, even on the cameras, is that, you know, there's a lot of cars on the road now that have 360 degree cameras built into them so that you can not hit things when you're parking and, and not you know, pull out into somebody or, or merge across a lane into somebody else is that it's only a matter of time before those cameras are also able to then do the job of reporting certain criteria and that there's there's no specialized equipment needed you know this is the normal evolution of, of what we see going on is that we'll all be contributing it's kind of like ways you know if, if you use ways for your map guidance instead of google maps and so forth you, you get all of this feedback from people who are on the road doing that right now and so you know that there's an accident ahead because somebody on ways has reported there's an accident so that you can make an alternative route and it's that user-generated content the whole web 2.0 approach but making the best use of of the the people out there on the roads to say you know you're right we don't need to send teams out let's just use the people that are already driving and going somewhere from a to b so it's it's fascinating just how easy well not easy but how how easily the the progression can be identified and said you know what this is and this is actually super beneficial because at the end of the day as, as i'm sure you will attest to Wayne, is that if they fix these potholes before they exist then it's a better experience for all of us and, and you won't get so mad about it <laughs> And I hope my stress levels will decrease. I, yeah. I absolutely love that. And I use Waze all the time, in fact. And, mm. you know, I'm driving up and down the country. And I've even seen now that some people will actually, that they've got something within Waze. I noticed that maybe a week or so ago when I was driving to Dublin, that people ahead of me in, on the road were actually reporting potholes. 
So they, mm. they have something where if you notice one, I think it's a report of hazard, but people are mm. describing it as a pothole or, or, or whatever. But I remember seeing them coming up as I was, as I was driving using, using the app. And I thought, wow, that, 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 that's nice to know that that hazard is coming up. Now, I think I, was, I wasn't on a motorway. I was on a, on a, uh, on a B road, for example. But again, it, it, it alerted me to the fact that up ahead, be on the lookout for this pothole. Yeah. And, and again, you know, you have the opportunity then if it's been fixed, that you can mark it as not there anymore. And I think that's yeah. fantastic. So I think there's already some really good technology out there, Barry, as you say, where this sort of stuff probably could be integrated to relatively easy and relatively straightforward. And, and again, in my own vehicle, I would be lost without my parking sensors. I mean, yes. I rely on my in-car camera when I'm parking my car all the time. Like I yep. would be driving and backing into things <laughs> because I've got that reliant on it now where, you know, I'm, I'm listening for the beep. And again, I can look at the camera because I've got like a camera at the bumper and I've got a camera at the front. So it really helps me whenever I'm parking. So imagine, you know, that technology is already there. Is there ways that we could start to... To, to potentially tap into technology which is already there. And I suppose that's the really important thing about digital transformation. Maybe you don't need to be going out and spending on new hardware for what you needed to do. And that's one of the beauty of Cobabble because you know everyone has a smartphone. And that was one of our really important considerations whenever we were creating and developing Cobabble. You know, we didn't want companies and organizations to have the headache of having to buy new tablets, for example, for a specific purpose, just to be able to run the software. We thought, you know, how can we create something that will run relatively seamlessly, relatively straightforward on a piece of hardware that everybody has? And everybody has a smartphone. They've got an iPhone, they've got an Android device. And one of the great things about Cobabble, it runs on both of those operating systems. So if you're a business, if you're an organization and you're looking to, you know, take some of those more analog processes like your checklist, your forms and your audits, then you can digitize those up. You don't need to buy new hardware. Cobabble will run on the existing phone for the most part, unless, and I put a caveat in here, Barry, and you know this, unless somebody has an iPhone 4, which I experienced one time before, whenever I was doing a demonstration with a potential client, he couldn't get the app to work. And I was perplexed. You know, I was like, you know, he says, well, I've downloaded it onto my iPhone. And I assumed, which I assumed incorrectly, which I've always been careful with since, you know, to ask the question, what type of iPhone are you using? And I couldn't believe it when he said an iPhone 4. I, I didn't think that there were people still today using iPhone 4s. Yeah. They, they could still make it work because, you know, Apple's approach to this is to get get, get you off those and get you onto the latest one as, as soon as possible. So I'm, I'm quite surprised that he was even able to download it in the first place, which, again, would have been even more frustrating for you because then all of the usual things, you think, oh, this, this is really weird. I don't know why it's not working because everything else is in place. But it's also, I think you make a very valid point there that sometimes when it comes to this idea of digital transformation, there's a fear that's not just associated with the change, but the expenditure of new devices, new technology, new approach, where people get very wary and say, well, it's going to be expensive to do this, isn't it? Because we don't have any of this in place, etc., etc. And I think that, that, that we would, not just from a Cobabble perspective, perspective, but overall is that... You
biggest, most expensive option is that there are ways of integrating digitization and digitalization at the, the, the smaller levels for, for people to almost proof of concept in, in their own business without this massive outlay. And then, of course, people like us with CoBabble are trying to, to support that by saying you don't need a, a huge outlay on this. Use the existing infrastructure, use the existing tools that are in, in the business and leverage them, use them for, for bringing your business into into this generation and, and helping to streamline those processes, get rid of some of the paper, get access to the data, which as we all know is the most valuable asset within your business, get access to that data as soon as possible and then analyze that data and be able to make decisions around it, which is it was one of those things that was a driver for, for us building this. It was amazing how much data was being lost in a business or how much data was being collected on a paper-based checklist, for example. And so the, the data was physically collected, but then it was never actually, it kind of never made it back into the, the business because that checklist sort of got thrown into the back seat of of the person's car and, and lost under a pile of something. And then six months later, they go, oh yeah, oh, <laughs> I forgot about this one. And, and of course, we've missed an opportunity then as our business to, to use that data. And it was somewhat frightening when we've done our research that you know some of these are safety audits and bits of equipment that we would really hope people were looking at and, and making sure they were maintained correctly and, and whatnot. And that data to allow us in the same vein as the potholes is that, well, if we've got heavy machinery under our guidance, when it needs servicing, if we can do preventative maintenance on it so that we don't end up in a situation where we've got three major units offline. Uh, and all of this is the kind of stuff that is, is accessible. And no, it doesn't require a massive outlay in the first place. And it was fantastic. Just yesterday, I was going through a 12-month review with one of our clients here in the UK, and it was a two-hour session. And there were a number of new people in the room who had just started to use CoBabble in the past couple of weeks. They were new starts within the company and the organization, and they were getting up to speed with how it works. But the more I started to talk about the core features that we've created within CoBabble, the checklists, the forms, the audits, the jobs module, the geofence capability, you could see, Barry, all of the different light bulbs going off in people's minds for the different use cases that they could have for a tool like CoBabble within their particular department. So people were already thinking about efficiencies, streamlining processes, digitizing those paper-based checklists and audits that, that maybe they were previously doing in the, in the previous companies that they worked with. Now they've moved to this new company who has CoBabble and is using CoBabble. It's a game changer for people. So again, it's, it's simple, it's easy to use. Yeah, definitely. And, that, and I think that feeds into you know, a couple of the other the, the tools that are out there. And I mean, there is literally thousands of them now with the advent of AI to help do certain things. But you know, there, there was, uh, we, before we started recording, there was a couple of tools I'd sort of put out there that I'm, I'm looking at at the moment because this whole idea of digitization and streamlining processes, we can talk at length about it and then say, okay, well, what do I do? And, and, and what you were saying there about this ease of use, was it feeds nicely into a couple of tools that I, I wanted to talk about this week that I've been looking at from, from back into the business world and back into the, the sort of the marketing and digital side of things, all related to, to streamlining that process when it comes to social media. We're obviously doing this live through a social media platform. We then record it. We, we use it for putting it out through the podcast channels. We're trying to make this content as engaging and informative as, as possible. And then 
perhaps more importantly, not just use it once. And this is something that, that comes out from a lot of our, you know, our previous life in the digital marketing sense and the, the work that we've done is that there's a ton of effort that goes into creating content and then it's posted and boop, it's gone and that's it. And you think, wow, that was a lot of effort <laughs> to put into the, the story, the reel, the short, the TikTok, whatever it is right now that you're, you're spending time on. And I came across a couple of tools that somebody had put into a, an Instagram reel and said, look, these three tools stacked together could pretty much take care of your your social media requirements for, for a year or, or longer. And I just wanted to, to, to reference them as, as, as tools for people to check out as a, as, a, as a takeaway, if you like, from this particular episode. And the first one is, is called Syllaby, S-Y-L-L-A-B-Y.io. And it's about your creating your social media strategy in 10 minutes, it says. And, and what you do is you go into it and you can find topics for your, for your industry. So what you do is you type in a question around, let's say, give me the 10, 10 or give me the, the 100 top mistakes that people make when they are looking at implementing a digital transformation program into their business. And you, you ask that question of Syllabi and what it does is this AI script generator comes off and effectively creates a whole load of video scripts around those top 100 mistakes that somebody makes. And so it, it spits them out as a, as a script generator for you. And you think, okay, well, that's fine. We, we get all of the, the scripts, if you like. Well, then what you do is you take that script that Syllabi has chucked out for you. So now you've got 100 video scripts and you head over to synthesia.io, S-Y-N-T-H-E-S-I-A.io. And what you can do is you can copy and paste those video scripts into this AI video creation platform. And what it does is that you will then turn that video script into a talking head video. You don't have to do it. There is a whole load of templates of various different people, various different backgrounds, ethnic, ethnic backgrounds, etc., etc., and it will match the mouth movement to the script that you have just generated from Syllabi. So now you've got 115 minute videos so if that's what you've asked for that you can utilize and then what you can do is you can head over to repurpose.io and this is an, an ai equivalent of the hootsuites and the buffers and the the meet edgars and these kind of tools where it will then take those 100 videos that you've created and it will chop them up into youtube shorts instagram reels tiktoks tweets, Facebook posts, and all the other channels that you would need to put out there. So within a couple of hours, you could have created a hundred top tips within your industry, answering the hundred most asked questions by customers in your industry and put out there a hundred short videos, reels, shorts, Instagram stories, etc., and, and help educate the market. And I, as I was going through this, I was thinking, wow, we'd, we've talked at nauseum about ChatGPT and how we're both using it and how many businesses are utilizing it. And there are many positives. And and we've also talked about the downside of, of, of AI and, and this whole thing. But the more and more I get into it, the more I'm thinking this is just incredible. And, and on a, a micro level in my day to day, I'm just thinking these, these tools are fantastic and I'm going to be utilizing them as much as I can. I, I do still agree with you know one of the conversations that we had before and the, the letter that's out there about slowing down the development because we're not quite ready and we don't have the infrastructure in place to to deal with some of the fallout. But, you know, you and I both are, we, we kind of geek out <laughs> about this kind of stuff, but it's just fascinating. And, and, and I think it's just incredible, the opportunity that's at our fingertips. 
It blows my mind, Barry, whatever I hear of new tools and new ways to do things, particularly as a small business owner. You know, time is so precious. If you've got a family, you know, you want a good quality of life. You maybe don't have the resources that a larger company or an organization would have. You don't have the, the manpower. And, and these tools, again, you know, we love them. I mean, I love, like, like you've said a couple of moments ago, we love to geek out on this sort of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, it is about rolling up your sleeves, getting in and checking these tools out. And I think what we should do, Barry, is we should make that a, a core element of our podcast, that each mm. episode we, we, we share some tools with people that we've yeah. come across, that we've maybe explored and tried out. And we say, look, you know, this may help within your business or your organization. And there are a couple yeah. of tools that I'm using at the moment that I'll touch on in our next episode that, again, yeah. are absolutely fantastic. And, and that's what this podcast is all about. It's, about. it's about learning. It's a safe space for you to come on, have a conversation, ask a question, hopefully learn because we're all here to learn. I'm learning, like I've just learned three new tools today and that, that you've just shared, Barry, which I'm going to be yeah. going away after this episode and taking a look at. Yes, it can be so overwhelming, as you and I know, because mm. of the pace that it is moving. But I am so excited. I don't know about you. D definitely. And, and this is it. I think that's a great idea. And I think we'll definitely implement that into the, the future episodes of the Digitized Diaries is just because that's what we do. You know, we end up seeing something or you catch something. Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what that does. And, and then you get rather than getting stuck in the, the, you know, drawn down the rabbit hole on a YouTube video, we get sucked into testing AI tools, which I, I guess it could add value to, to, to people. And I think to your point there of, of if you're listening to this on a replay, then and you, you have a, a tool that you're utilizing. We'd love to hear about it because there's so many, there's no chance that we know all of them. And it doesn't have to be related to marketing or anything like that. As the you know, beginning of this episode, we're talking about AI that's going to help fix potholes, which is an industry that neither you or I are in, but it's a benefit that we can you know, benefit from with, with better quality roads. But this is why we, we started this is to, to learn from others as well from a selfish perspective, because there's so much to talk about and to cover is we'd love to hear about the tools that other people are utilizing and, and we'll go away and have a look at them and, and then almost report back and say, you know what, we're using it. <laughs> we're using it to help with the production of this podcast or we're using it in our businesses or we've recommended it into some of our clients that are now utilizing it because it was absolutely a perfect fit for them. And, and like you say, you and I love hearing about these and, and any way we see a, a way of using, like, utilizing them in our businesses, um, we, we, we love to be able to test them out and say, oh, look at this. And we, we end up having conversations of, you know, an hour or two when we're on Zoom calls going, what about this one? And how are we going to use this one? And what about this one? And, and suddenly we have to say, oh, yeah, we, we better get back to what we're supposed to be doing because there's just so much, like I say, so much opportunity. It is truly exciting if you're able to switch your mindset to this idea of acceptance and, and then also, you know what, there are some pitfalls, as always. There are pitfalls to every single tool out there, digital or otherwise. And it just comes down to the mindset of the person using that tool to say, you know what, I can, I can use this for good. I know how to, to make a, a, big, a big impact in my business or in my personal life or my own YouTube channel for that matter. And this is how I'm going to do it. And, and I think that's just incredible. Fantastic, Barry. As always, it's a it's a, such an interesting space. It's always an interesting conversation. And we will make those links available in the show notes for people to check out. So if you're listening on Spotify or iTunes or whatever podcast platform you're listening, the links for the tools, uh, the AI tools that Barry mentioned will be available there for you to go and check them out. 
But as always, Barry, it's been a, another fantastic conversation. We cover a lot of ground. We talk about a lot of really interesting stuff in this conversation and in this podcast. So if you're listening, again, please do us a huge favor and share this podcast with your network. That would be fantastic. Make sure you hit the subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to the episodes on just so that you get an update whenever we release a new episode of the podcast and we're going to try and keep these coming out as regular as we can and as always Barry if people have an idea on something that they would like us to cover on the show we're always interested in hearing from them absolutely yeah like we said we we, we would love to talk about anything that's of interest to to the people that are tuning in or on the replays or in the lives to to further our own education but also to to share the share the wealth in in terms of knowledge because this is such a a broad subject um that everybody and anybody that's that's in business today is probably using utilizing something that would be of value to to other people out there and, and we'd love to be able to create that space where we're sharing all of those resources and finding ways for, for all of us to benefit from them. And once again, thank you so much to everybody who tuned into the live podcast this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on where you are in the world. We really do appreciate that. And if you're picking this up on the replay, as always, we do really appreciate you tuning in to the podcast. And keep an eye out for the next episode of the Digitized Diaries, which is going to be coming your way very soon. Thanks for listening into this episode of the Digitized Diaries with your hosts, Wayne and Barry. We hope you've enjoyed this conversation and deep dive and today's learnings can help growth for you and your business. Don't forget to hit the subscribe so you get notified when the next episode is available. See you next time.